All right, y'all. Welcome back to Her Spectrum, Not in Sync. We are your hosts, Tatiana and Kiara. I had to remember our names. This is already take number 17. (laughs) Um, We'd like to just start off by saying we totally uploaded a podcast. If you got the notification but didn't see the podcast, it's because as we listened back to the audio, it was totally jacked up. Oh, my goodness. And we sounded like chipmunks at various times. Crazy. Never again. Never again. We're here. We're doing it right this time. Um, And we also want to disclose that today we're talking about like statistics and things that we've researched personally. Y'all, we are not professionals. We're literally two autistic women talking about life and informing the world of the things that we looked into. Yeah. Um, Also, if you think you're autistic, self-diagnosis in this community is valid you can also speak to a therapist and get formally diagnosed if that's the route you'd like to take. <laughs> Did I miss anything? No, pretty good uh, disclaimer. All right, y'all, let's get <laughs> it started. We also have both have our kids here, so fair warning. <laughs> um, this episode, we're going to be talking about um, basically all things masking, which is not a term that I ever heard of prior to any discussion about autism. I never have heard of this term before. I did because Sky's process. Yeah, fair. But Um, that was with an autism. But we were also, yeah, in the world of autism already, like, seeking a diagnosis for her and all that stuff. Yeah, that Um, makes sense. So, yeah, I guess same thing for me. It wasn't until we were reading about autism that we learned what masking was. I don't even know if it's, because I know it's not in the diagnostic, nothing in the diagnostic criteria, I don't think, points to kids trying to con- like conceal certain things or conform because it's, to certain things it's based off of boys oh sorry <laughs> it's yeah. based off of boys and so boys like boys are notoriously poor at um masking <laughs> so that makes sense uh because yeah it's not in the diagnostic criteria at all yes it does <laughs> We're having a child issue right now. Yeah. Um, so, one thing right off the bat, like, because it's not something that is looked for in the criteria um, when you're getting diagnosed, women with autism are, like, one of the most underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed, like, group of people. Yes, there was a study. I'm not going to be saying names because it's just, like three and a half years worth of information that I have in the file system. And unfortunately, I did not save the title for the website. I'm sure somebody or will the have studies a yeah to it or something. But you can literally look up like how what percent of women are diagnosed versus boys when it comes to autism and we have those numbers for you. The old ratio was for every four boys that was diagnosed with autism, there would be one girl. Now the number is for every three boys diagnosed, there is one girl diagnosed. Um and that's still not like a solid number. They're considering it like not the most accurate number. It's just from the studies that they continue to do. Um, and yeah, even in our groups, I mean, a lot of the women who are diagnosed are diagnosed at like nine, 10, 15, like they're still diagnosed and young that's early. and that's like considered early for a girl di- being diagnosed with autism. Yeah. Meanwhile, boys, by the time they're two and a half, they are diagnosed. So I think it's a really big um, difference. And I think everybody who has gone through the process or is thinking about it, I'm sure that you felt for way longer than your diagnosis that you 
were quote unquote different. Um, but yeah, so I know you were talking about that. There was like some connection between like girls being hard to diagnose even as young as three years old. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are, this isn't like anything definitive. This isn't a diagnosis, anything like that. Um, but there have been psychologists who specialize in autism who have like said that they can see even at the earliest age of three years old a lot of the female patients they have will already start to mimic the other kids in the room who aren't autistic or who are autistic because you know as a three-year-old you don't know you just are trying to conform to what is around you so they'll notice that they will start i mean masking really they'll start changing how they're speaking and uh what kind of games they say that they like like little white lies to try to kind of fit in to the crowd and that's yeah that's been seen as early as three years old by some psychologists who who work with kids on the spectrum i think it's funny that's insane to me (laughs) the thing that sky's doctor literally said was you're lucky she's presenting like a boy would for autism because it wouldn't have been caught otherwise that is a and that progressive doctor that they knew that though yeah i was like dang that's crazy that you know and even crazier that she's a military doctor. I mean, she's a civilian in a military institution, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually you don't get that kind of, like, helpfulness in the military, yeah. like, medical world or whatever. And even, like, in the civilian world, like, a lot of people still, again, have not been diagnosed. And they're just going to their regular doctors, you know? And going to see their regular old therapists who are like, you're just shy. <laughs> you just have social anxiety. You have social anxiety, ADHD, OCD, a personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A personality disorder and uh, bad hygiene. Yep. <laughs> it's like Or excessive hygiene. It's like one extreme or the other. Yeah, here's all of these extreme sides of polar sides of every yeah. spectrum and five different diagnoses. Yeah. That's yeah. every psychologist. So I definitely mask um I still mask I'm 26 years old I still mask I think a lot of the reason though is like I grew up with all of my cousins I've got a billion cousins and aunts like I have a really large family so I always had some sort of like woman influence on me and for me personally I have always tried to embody whoever that I was like really inspired by or like really connected with or anything like that so then like or if I'm trying to I guess impress them I will also try to like embody like okay if they behave this way that means they'll like it um if I behave this way too which I would like y'all to know has backfired when I have I did not know that this person was like narcissistic so then when I started doing (gasps) their same traits they were fuming and I was like hold on how come you're allowed to behave like this but I can't what yeah and I never realized like it was masking in the first place anyways that is horrible yeah but because I would mask um only around certain like groups of people I'd probably say like 10% of the time I would not mask unless like I'm at home with Alex or like with my mom or my brother or my dad like something like that and so like this is an argument that Alex and I actually had quite a bit until 2020 and we've already been married six years we've been together since i was 15 so that's 11 years and i would be myself with him but as soon as anybody else came around 
I would conform to what I thought that they wanted to see me as. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he would be like, we are so different and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're out of your mind. I'm the same person. He's like, you're literally not. Like, I, I don't even recognize you. Your behavior is so, like, different, whatever, whatever. And so I would just, I would get offended. Like, no, I'm not. I'm being... Because I wasn't aware that I was masking. Yeah. Like, I knew that I was like, okay, I'm gonna exhibit more of these traits because this person is around. But I truly thought, like, oh, it's just who I am and they bring it out of me. Versus, like, I am changing to be that way because of them. Right. Oh, they just bring out the best aspects of my personality. <laughs> yeah, it was like, everybody brings out different parts. Yeah, like... And, and, you know, then you're like, do you go to work and act the same way you do at home? And Alex is like, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't believe that. Because, you know, everybody has, like, the customer service. Yeah. But, actually, that's more of a woman trait still. It is. I think uh, that's another hard thing with autism and being a woman. Is because we are all, regardless of, you know, where Neurotype. we fall. Yeah, yeah. Regardless. We're all kind of taught there's a certain way to be. And I think... It's just that we suck at conforming. Yeah. <laughs> even if we think that we're, even if we think that we're bomb, we are definitely failing. Yeah. People can see it. Kids as early as like, you know, first grade will be like, you're weird. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, how you, do you know? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you are six, but they know. <laughs> it's funny because every, if you mask, even if you do it unintentionally, like everybody who does not mask is aware that you are masking like they can sense something is off i don't know if they can really tell what it is but they already know mm, this this one's a little bit different there's something a little uh, different about this particular person or totally. their personality or anything like that and i think it's really funny because if you think even about like music like think about the the music like back in the 90s that mm -hmm. you probably listened to like in the 2000s but it would literally talk about like women needing to behave like classy or lady when they're out in public and then like a freak in the sheets like yeah. literally the songs would say that you know like yes. who they were at home is different has to be different than who they present on the streets which you wouldn't That's even so think true. about yeah <laughs> you don't even think about it in that term you just like out here jamming out to whatever the music was not even realizing that they're 100% like that's just another version of t teaching women like to to mask in some form and I know some people would be like oh it's about modesty and whatever but I feel like everybody's entitled to do and be whoever they are yeah and I've always thought that but I never for myself <laughs> because I just Aww. wanted to be liked I just I've always wanted to be like loved by everyone and liked by everyone because that's what I thought made like a good woman you know what I mean See, I was in a weird predicament because I do want people to like me and it pains my soul when somebody doesn't like me. Like, I am like, what is actually wrong with me? There, If, if someone doesn't like me, it's clearly something wrong with my character. Yeah. It has nothing to do with them. I immediately blame myself. Do you think that it's an autistic trait? Uh, I because don't know. I meet a lot of people who are like, Maybe well, I'm not everybody's going to like, like so. Well, so many people are like, not everybody's going to like you. Even people that I know that are like highly insecure. They, they think that? They're just like, no, like, if they don't like me, that's a they problem. And I'm like, really? Because if someone doesn't like me, I need to fix whatever it is that's Same. wrong. I wonder if that's, like, a version of masking. It, it probably is. I think there, there's a lot of little things that I do that definitely is considered masking. But to overtly change aspects of my personality, yeah, I never... Yeah. I, I mean, I did it for, like, a year and a half, and then that was the downfall of my mental health. But and this was when you were in the military. Yes, yeah, that was. 
that was a very tough transition and I had never worked in a career before at all never been with such a you know diverse group of people and the mentalities and whatever and so whenever I was thrown into that I kind of felt like I needed to conform or you know they were going to bully me or think lowly of me or things like that and so um I definitely changed every aspect of my personality and every day I would come home burnt out and angry and fighting with my husband and then after a year and a half of that I mean all the depression and mania started and then that's when they finally got me help because they were like oh my gosh you have bipolar disorder yeah and then that's when they were like oh but you also have issues with communication and with relationships and with things like that and so they thought personality disorder and then they were like autism yeah Yeah. and I I get now had to bring up the autism for them to even look at it yes I did but once I did they were like like oh my gosh you're right yeah yeah it was like a click because they were like we totally see the relationship and social issues yeah but because I wasn't presenting like I guess my special interests and stuff are not I feel like they're really stereotypical you know I I feel I mean it's not trains I mean (laughs) I feel like I feel like right now in the the world like the political atmosphere we're in a lot it's of normal. people yeah yes. it's normal you're right like with the presidencies and the covid and all that like everybody is constantly talking about you're politics right. you're right so maybe that's why it's not weird i mean you know i avoid politics like the plague <laughs> which you know is so funny because i know a ton of autistic people like that it's hard for me because i'm like it's such a privilege to be able to just ignore it. Like you have to succumb to the pain of the I world. Think, I think because it will send, I, because I struggle with like constantly falling into existential crisis. And I really believe that that's probably one of the reasons why I avoid politics because yeah. then, yeah, I'm questioning like, why are we all even living like this? What and, are we you doing? Know, yeah, why are like, we here? Exactly. So, no, I've heard that from a lot of autistic women. Yeah. They so avoid I'm politics. so sorry, podcast, but y'all will probably never hear political <laughs> podcasts. And if you do, you'll hear me like hyperventilating in the background. They probably don't want it anyways. <laughs> um, but I've, I've heard that a lot, that they, they, they because they emphasize, empathize so deeply, even hearing about like, covid deaths or yeah. something like that it's like they feel like they're dying you know yeah and or like it's their family and and it, it that's a common it's yeah. common that's super deep empathy which i also have my super deep empathy turns to anger and i want to learn more and i want to change it and want to talk yeah. about it i want to whatever because it's my interest because of whatever if it's not your special interest it's just depressing <laughs> Yeah. There's no reason to want to, you know, I get it now. Mm-hmm. It, it took me a while to understand that, but I do now. How it's different for, for different people. Yeah. Oh, we got a little, Thank we you. got our first fan, fan mail. <laughs> for the pod. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with you in that sense, but I am not really, I feel like I have empathy only if I can put myself in that position. That's how I feel. Like, now that I'm a mom, if somebody's kid is sick, like, I can 100% be like, oh my gosh. Because I can actually put myself in that position and say, like, how would I feel if this were my life right now? But other experiences, like, it's hard to... Yes. I don't have one. <laughs> Sorry. you. Ha- it's probably in your craft box in your room. Go ahead. Uh, mommy. Yes. I checked it already, but... We with have me, a go, special guest on the pod with, can today. Can you go find a different one, my love? 
Thanks, princess. <laughs> yeah, so I think, like, sorry, y'all, for the interrupted specialty guests, whatever <laughs> they're called. Um, but I think it's really common for, at least I thought it was common for everybody to be like, only if they've experienced it, they can empathize with it. That's exactly how I feel. But I realized that, no, like, a lot of people have empathy, even for scenarios that they never, ever see themselves in or whatever. And um, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they have sympathy. But this is a whole conversation that I argue with a lot of people about, so I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> but uh, I don't think so. I think that you- we have way more empathy than other people and the low empathy thing oh so many people have told me i don't have empathy low empathy whatever that's one of the reasons they wanted me to take the personality test they were trying to see if i was like a sociopath but having sympathy is being like oh i'm so sorry for your situation that's how most people are having empathy is people who can put themselves in that position right but that's what i'm saying like i feel like more people can put themselves in that position than like if they're neurotypical Versus, oh, so you I'm think just you talking, have more sympathy over empathy. And- I can 100% tell people all day long, I'm so sorry. Girl, I, I, I'm backwards. Let me tell you something. I'm backwards. Sometimes I say it because I know it's what you're supposed to say. That's like, what me I, too. 100% like, and I know it feels so bad. And I, I actually hate sympathy probably because I know that half the time people don't really ever like care. Right. Or... And maybe they do, and I just suck as a human being, and that's where they're like, autistic people don't have emotions. Like, they maybe that's why. They do not care, bro. They don't care. But yeah, like, and I call it, like, the I benditos, like, oh, <laughs> bendito. Like, it's more like pity. It's not even sympathy. It's Thank you. pity. Thank you. That's okay. a, This is a conversation I try to have with so many people, because I feel like I have a lot of empathy and low sympathy. Like, if somebody's just like, my day sucks, I'm like, oh, sad. I really don't care, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, that's okay. What am I supposed to do about that? Yeah. I can't. Well, see, if I care about the person, and they tell me, like, man, I've had, like, a really rough day, like, I definitely have actual sympathy for them you know what I mean I suck at emotions however (laughs) however like this is a big one when people tell me they're tired for some reason it enrages me (laughs) because I lived my life you don't know the struggle yes I lived my life for so long and I'm like you had the choice to go to bed early but you decided to stay on tiktok all night long or do whatever not that you're like struggling with insomnia or you have a kid that's crazy kids like yeah (laughs) or like you know that they have like actual things like put the phone like I understand that there are people who they try their hardest to go to bed and they just can't yeah I'm not talking about those people because there's like something psychological that they need to address or even physically people with like chronic pain or whatever yeah not talking about y'all I'm talking about the people who are like I'm so tired after being out till 5 a.m partying <laughs> I don't care boohoo for you yeah I feel, you know what I mean I feel like, the same way though. yeah so this is not about masking at all we have completely derailed listen <laughs> I feel like it does tie into masking. I think everything I, ties into masking. Yeah, because like I said, do, do I tell people that I don't care? I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. Right. I mask my real feelings and I just, you know, offer. And I think everybody does that to a certain degree. Neurotypical, oh, neurodivergent. Everything that every, every autistic trait is just a neurotypical trait on steroids. Yes, that's what I try to explain to people. That's why when they're like, we're all on the spectrum a little, I'm like, nope. 
You have to have the extremity of the characteristics. That's the whole point of the diagnosis. If you don't have the, uh, you know, you're not on one side on this and one side on this. And that's not to say every autistic person is is the same. That's how we're all different. Is where one of us is like extremely sensory avoidant when it comes to food. And somebody's an extreme sensory seeker when it comes to food. Yeah. But if you're just like don't really bother me nothing nothing ever you know either way is all cool blah blah blah. bro that's not a little on the spectrum that's not on it (laughs) yeah you know what i I mean i feel like no yeah i get what you're saying and i'm saying that about every trait it's not like you know there's autistic people that don't care about food like i'm one of them i really don't care i prefer um like sensory seeking with food but i can eat something that's not uh, that's not my thing i'm just talking about with almost every aspect of life a lot of sensory things I mean, I literally had to drag Sky out of dance today because she was freaking out because it was, like, pouring. That's why I asked you, like, is the rain going to be okay for you? Oh, it's, like, okay. pouring. And so her dance instructors are so nice, and they were, like, all, like, scrambling, trying to find an umbrella. And oh, even when we got... Wet. No, she's not a fan of getting wet, like, unintentionally. Yeah, that Do makes you know sense. what I'm saying? Yes. Especially because then she has to sit in her leotard and her wet clothes in her car seat. That sucks. For 20 minutes till we get home. That sucks. Yeah. Like... It sucks for everybody to be wet, but for her, she's, like, telling me in the car, like, I just want to take off my clothes, I just want to take off my clothes. I'm like, bro, I'm so sorry. We use an umbrella. Thankfully, a mom was, like, nice enough to get the umbrella. But, um, I, I totally understand, like, that. that's an extreme of, nobody likes to get wet in the rain. Right. But hers is an extreme version of it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, that causes, like, actual, like, deep discomfort. Right. And so I feel like when you're masking, you allow yourself to get put in these positions of deep discomfort in order to not I don't want to say cause a scene because if you're uncomfortable it it doesn't need to cause a scene but it definitely needs to be something that you socially are already taught like you can't behave like this because you're in public yeah you know and that's something that they even teach kids of all neurotypes like Don't be acting a fool in the store. You know what I mean? Like, that's because you want to be a good kid or whatever. But it's something that when you're autistic, I feel like you take on a deeper level, too. Like... Well, because you're not allowed to stim. No, you need to make eye contact. Look at me when I'm talking to you. That was something I hated growing up. We grew up in a... We grew up in a very... Sorry, mom, but it is a lot of, it was a lot of kind of ABA tactics and it wasn't out of, it was just, this is how you do things. Yeah. That that was it. It wasn't, there was no malicious intent. There was no. I feel like parenting in general has a lot of like ABA, whatever. It is a lot of behavior modification and some of it is obviously for the health and safety of the kid. Yeah. And then some of it is completely ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) And some of the ridiculous things were like, you have to be growing up you have to be staring into each other's eyes to have a conversation if you are not making eye contact the whole time you're talking not doing anything else 100 percent focus on that person staring at them mm-hmm. you're being disrespectful in, in any other scenario yeah that was something that really sucked because i have adhd as well so like i'm stimming all the time i'm looking at different places all the time i'm pacing while i'm talking so i was always disrespectful yeah every time i talk to anyone in my family so masking for me would be something like forcing myself to sit still, to stare at you, yeah. to like interrupting is seen as, you know, disrespectful, yeah. but I don't know when to jump into a conversation. And sometimes yeah. I get so excited that I need to, I need to voice it right now or I'm going to die. Like <laughs> my Sam. son is like, yeah, <laughs> trying to He's like, I'll show you an example right now. <laughs> 
so yeah that was you know that was a lot of uh little things i grew up with that now is like ridiculous and that's how it's so much harder for an autistic person versus a neurotypical because neurotypical people don't really care to look at each other in the face that's cool they're not really stimming as much or not in a strange way so that's cool whereas for us it's more debilitating yeah no I, for sure and i feel like when you're masking in any scenario like everyone's like oh well that's how you need to behave and for them it's like oh yeah it's in like um like it's annoying it's an inconvenience it's inconvenient yes but for us it's literally like this is painful bro yeah this is ruining my whole day Mm -hmm. and it's funny because like you know i went i went to therapy i said it on the last podcast i went to therapy a lot and i feel like even in therapy at the beginning i masked a lot because as i I got more comfortable like I literally would sit in the chair for an hour spinning in the chair, like having whole conversations and mm-hmm. like swaying back and forth. And I would like fidget with something in my hand. She had a little pink elephant. And actually when I went to get my formal diagnosis, she let me take the pink elephant with me. Aww. And I, yeah, I had it my whole testing time because I was like really, she was like, you can take the elephant with you. So I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so I brought it back to her and she was like, well, you can have it. I was like, no, maybe someone else might need it one day. So, oh my gosh. And I like, I would have died too, like going to therapy and my elephant not being there. Like it always, she was like, you're the only one that touches it. I was like, well, at least it'd always be here for me. Then she moved and ruined my whole therapy she did yeah her husband was military i did not know that yeah this was me in therapy legs planted on the floor hands like planted at my sides unnatural robot seat this is how i always sit whenever i meet people i don't know i'm like hi hello how are you today my feet are touching the floor i am not shaking my legs and so then whenever i did start getting comfortable my first little thing was like the leg the leg twitch yeah the bounce so I started bouncing, and she was like, are you good? Are you anxious? We need to do some some deep breathing, some body work. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. And I did it, and then we were done, and I was like, I feel good. Started bouncing Still again. bouncing the leg, yeah. And she was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you felt good. I'm like, I am. I'm yeah. chilling. This is this just helps me focus. Yeah. And that's how I realized I used to be addicted to chewing gum. This is so random. Oh my gosh, me too. So addicted for also unhealthy reasons, but also because it was a great stem. Nobody, yeah, I pop my bubble gum and it drives Alex nuts. Like oh, I'm that I can't person do in that. the store that's mm-hmm. like pop, 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 pop. No, pop, I'm just pop. chewing. No. But I will chew two sticks of gum. It always has to be two at a time. Then I, whenever it loses its flavor, it's gone. Two more. I can do yeah. that all day. I can never eat. I can just do that. Yeah. Do I not do that, guys. Gum. <laughs> I love gum. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Unhealthy habits. Like yes. Eating issues. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no. So, in therapy, I would, I would start, like, started to unmask. But, like, the real hitter, which we talked about when we recorded the OG podcast. <laughs> that was all messed up. That was all messed up. <laughs> but, you know, I had um, lost, like, a really long friendship, whatever, whatever. And the therapist is like, well, Why? why does it matter and I told her like because I'm really like she has no obligation to me as a human being because she's not married to me she didn't give birth to me she's not related to me like she was not all friends yeah like like, your friends exactly they're choosing you yes especially like I I met her when I was so young so I was not like super good at masking I still had like the weird traits and she was down for it she did not care that's dope you know I mean, she, there were times where she was like, Kiara, that's really weird, or don't be annoying, or whatever. But, like, that's also things that, like, my cousins would say all the time, or whatever. So I was just like, all right, cool. I guess my personality trait is, like, a little bit overbearing, whatever. Um, 
And so the therapist like kept saying like, well, why is that such a huge deal? Why is that such a huge deal? And then eventually the conversation had shifted and I told her like, you know, I learned how to be a certain way. And for her, I didn't have to do that. Like I didn't have, and she was like, what do you mean you learned? It's like, yeah, you know, like you learn to be a woman and she's like, um, elaborate, you know? And so I went into a whole thing and that actually ended up being like really triggering for me. Like I stood up in therapy. I'm like pacing, I'm yelling at the therapist. She had a, um, I think they're called like someone, someone trying to do their clinical hours. But so someone else was in the room who was not my regular therapist and she ended up kicking them out because I'm like gathering my stuff. Papers are flying. Like but I got to I, go. literally, I was like, I'm leaving. Why am I doing this? Like F this, this is bullshit. Like I was losing my marbles. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm like grabbing all my stuff and like getting out of here. I'm like, I don't know why I come here. Like this is like, I'm full blown meltdown. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. The autistic meltdown you see a kid do at the store, that was happening in my therapist's little seven by three room that we had therapy in, losing it, like completely losing it, sobbing, anxiety attack, trying to run out of there. I'm sure if anybody was in the lobby at that time, they were like, (laughs) they were trying to get a glimpse, right? Yes. They were like, what is happening back there? And I mean, the whole conversation was that I had told her that what triggered that was that I had told her, like, well, that's how you learn to be a woman. Everybody does that. And she was like, no, everybody doesn't. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I, I was like, yeah, like, you learn from your mom or you learn from the TV and then you just copy them and you embody them and then that's who you are. And she was like, no, no. Th- there is to an extent that you're, you know, conforming to, like, social norms, but that yeah. is not your sole way of learning so to be think, this type of person. Do you think... If you had never had those influences or whatever, you wouldn't really conform to a lot of, like, stereotypical uh, gender roles. Let's get progressive on the pod. I feel like it's hard to say because I definitely love and embody, like, feminine energy and all that stuff. But, like, even in my house, I still don't have, like, the home that I want and I still, like, decorate the way that other people see fit and all that stuff. Because I feel, yeah, like, listen, y'all, if it was up to me, I'd be either a fairy or a mermaid living <laughs> on a beachside, like coastal cottage or up in the forest with mushrooms well, and that's little like girly. ladybug yeah. cottage core vibes that like to my heart's extent <laughs> being nowhere on social media. You know what I mean? Like just yes. making butter out there. Like it's so funny that you say this because making butter no no just all of this all of this whenever you said no social media that's to me what what kind of clicked because i have that's another thing i've read a ton is that whenever people are like oh my gosh autism is just being overdiagnosed today so many people are autistic this didn't exist when i was a kid first of all yeah it did they just took them out and shot them like dogs true but also you have to think back in the days of like farming old school farming there would be the the town you know best sheep herder in town oh yeah billy you know billy he's the best sheep herder in town that's all he does all day long is the only thing that he will do he eats the same food every single day and he doesn't talk but god damn it he's the best sheep herder yeah billy was autistic bro and maybe that's why there's a lot and there's actually a lot of people in the autistic community who 
would prefer like the farming life because yeah. it's very repetitive. Yes. Like, and also every day just before you... social media, before all of these lights, before all the sounds, before the cars, like think about time back then. How less uh, overstimulating it was where people could be more comfortable. And yeah. and an and autistic that is not in distress is looks pretty freaking quote unquote normal. Yeah. No, yeah, I feel that. I think, like, once you realize that you're masking, it's like you can catch it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what happened to me after that therapy session. Yeah. Like, I catch it all the time, like, oh, man, I'm masking. And it also made me realize that um, my supposedly undiagnosed chronic headaches are actually not undiagnosed chronic headaches. And I see there's always uh, the connection of, like, when I'm having a migraine or a headache is when I'm masking the most. And so, like, anybody that I hang out with, just because I have a headache, maybe I just already have a headache. (laughs) But 90% of the time, like, I'll be chilling at home. Like, during COVID, where everybody was locked away, I don't even remember, like, having, like, migraines or whatever. And I don't mean, like, oh, I have a headache. Like, I mean, like, vomiting over the toilet, lights off, migraine that makes me want to literally, and I'm actually meaning literally rip every single like pull the skin off of my skull yeah like which people are like that's a little extreme i'm like you don't understand like (laughs) no migraines this is a lot of people say they're having migraines and they're just having headaches but a migraine that's how it feels yeah you're on the money yeah somebody's like oh i have a migraine i'm like which is fine everybody has migraines differently however it's like actually debilitating (laughs) well no migraines have a diagnostic criteria not everybody can have them no for sure and that's why they were like we ran all the tests and we did all of the things and and all that stuff you know and so it's like i have that connection so listen if you guys have chronic headaches and you don't know what it is do a little headache chart a journal that's what they made me do and i realized the connection of every single time i had to go like run errands or be out in the world or anything like that i would end up having a headache yeah i um i feel like my story with masking is greatly differs from yours just in the fact that as a child I was a really poor masker and I really didn't conform very well. I still don't. Um, and there was really a solid like year and a half of my life that I, meant, I mentioned previously where I was masking like day in and day out for my job. Was it helpful for work though? It, um, like yeah. obviously it wasn't helpful for your mental health. Yeah, it was, no, it was helpful for work, I think. Because I seemingly got along better with my coworkers during that time than any other time in my career. So yeah, that yeah, I think the the relationships that I had established with people weren't weren't as bad <laughs> as yeah. sometimes they can be. But yeah, it was horrible for me. It was very debilitating after that year and a half, major depression, and then manic episodes back to back, and I ended up quitting my job. But um. Which she says very lightly, but you don't just quit the military. It's like an entire process. I'm sure if any of y'all wondering. Oh yeah, um, it took me. It took me about eight months to quit my job. Yeah, this is not just like you walked out of Dillard's and said I quit. Yeah, this you was know? a tough yeah. process. I and I early separated, so I had to do a lot of extra paperwork and talk with the commander, and it was a lot. Yeah, so you had to suffer even longer <laughs> because you had to do the eight month process, which I don't even 
know how you survive that. It was very overwhelming. Yeah. But I was so determined to get out that there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing stopping me. I was calling those people. They would be like, we'll get back to you in 72 hours or whatever. And then somebody else was like, I need this paperwork in 24 hours. And so I was just harassing the person. Now it's a 72 hour mark. And I was like, I need this. Just yeah. get, I don't care. I, I don't care what you're doing. Give it to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a terrible process. But I'm glad that I got out. People were like, you're going to regret it. You're never going to amount to anything, blah, blah, blah. This is the best that you have going for you. And I was just like, I, I'm definitely better than this. Yeah. I'm you're like, good. And even if I'm not at least, I'll be mentally stable again. Right. For the most part. Yeah. It's people that really didn't know me. But yeah. Pri- so, so, but after that, after that year and a half, every, my coworkers were like, you're a different person. I came back from my deployment and they were like, I think one of my coworkers said, you left a daisy and came back a bulldog. And I just thought that was so funny because... What does that even mean? Like, I left and I was, like, a sweet little girly, like, flower. And now I was an aggressive kind of person. (laughs) But uh, I'll be taking over the pod for right now. (laughs) So, so yeah, it, um, it was really a debilitating time and when I'm talking about masking my specific um traits that I kind of did was you know I forced myself to conform to how people were speaking what they like to talk about I I didn't I, I couldn't talk about my special interest and if I could I couldn't be too overbearing about it um, I wasn't stimming. I, when people were bullying or making fun of things that I was really, really insecure about, I just laughed it off and pretended it was all cool. I don't even know if that's masking, to be honest, but that was I feel like it is a version of masking. Probably, but I, that was something that I had to do um, for that time. And when I came back, completely dropped the mask. After that year and a half, 100% dropped it. And I came back and everybody was like, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Yeah. And I was you're just like, like good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, but also I think it was a mixture. It was that even still then wasn't my personality. That was me dropping the mask while simultaneously going through like the traumatic worst stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The worst depression I think I've ever gone through. So I well, I probably was an asshole, like, you know, but I think because my, my personality had such that flip, like an extreme 180. Yeah. yeah. That people were really thrown off by that. And prior to me trying to mask for that time frame, I was really poor at it. Growing up, I was always the, the old soul that had like super intense interests that were ahead of her time. And she's so mature and blah, blah, blah. And all of my stimming, nobody ever had, I've always stimmed. That has never been a strange thing for me. Me and my friends have always stimmed because all of my friends I are, have ADHD. I really cannot connect with anybody who doesn't have ADHD. Um, Except me. I guess other than you. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I really, the few friends I do have that don't have ADHD, they're always like, do you have to pee? Like, why are you moving like this? Why are you blah, blah, blah? And I'm always like, no, it's good. This is just me. I'm good. Yeah. I just got extra energy, right? Yeah. But I've always blamed my stimming on my ADHD because people with ADHD and autism both stim uh, pretty frequently, but the stims usually are different. Yeah. So, um... So for me, I stim, like, here at home, and I have, like, a lot of vocal stims. Yeah. <laughs> Where ADHD people don't usually... Vocal is not a norm. I... We'll get like I don't even know if it's boredom, but I have like this 
desire to just like squeal or do like an opera voice or whatever and when Alex and I first moved in together he thought like what the heck <laughs> but he's so used to it now so I will just like be doing like mundane chores or whatever oh, Mac does it off of me we'll do it back and forth Sky now. does it to me too she'll like join in and it's so funny because like I know she's trying to like bond or whatever or she thinks it's cool but it drives me nuts You're like I'm doing this by myself <laughs> I'm like I don't know what is causing me to have this strong desire to make this noise however this is my thing and my thing alone <laughs> that's so funny. you know what i mean so it's like for me when it comes to like trying to mask my stems like i've never really done that at home i've never done that with alex um and i don't know if it was just because i was like yo if i date somebody and i end up marrying them like i don't want to be a fake person the rest of my life like that sounds miserable you know yeah but i will say that like i had this it's funny because I masked to fit into like whatever group I was trying to to hang out with or in class because I like I said I wanted to be liked by everybody or whatever mm -hmm. and um my moral ground would never change like if I had something that I was like absolutely not that's not like I, that's not in my values or whatever like I never changed that however like if I was hanging out with people who were like mean girls or like enjoyed talking about this one subject like I would learn everything so that I could be in that one conversation with those people if yeah. it was like Dungeons and Dragons or like and <laughs> yeah. like the people that other like everyone else thought was like oh that person's so weird I was like why like why are they weird like I don't think they're weird or you know like that everyone else thought was like socially I guess like not I don't know like in the social norms like I still yeah. hung out with them I still talked to them people were like that's so weird or they're Me so too. whatever and, like, it varied literally, like, from one end of, like, high school cliques to the next. Like, I could kind of blend wherever I went except for changing, like, my moral ground. And it's actually really funny because Alex has a best friend. I think I told you the story. So, Alex, my husband's best friend's name was Mario. We were, like, newly dating. And I never met his friend, whatever. One of my classes, I hung out with, like, what now I look back and know is, like, the mean girls. Like, we would just be so rude or like like I mean cheating in class <laughs> Sam you're overstimulating bro <laughs> go ahead um, and so like we would just be wilding out in class I guess you know yeah um and well at one point something had happened with Mario which is Alex's best friend's name mm -hmm. and that was it. They were like, nope, we have to be mean to Mario. And I'm like, why? They're like, we have to. And I was like, okay. So months go by where I'm like a total B word to this guy, whatever. And one day I walk up to Alex in the hallway because we went to high school together. And he's like, oh, hey, I want you to meet my best friend. I was like, oh, okay. Turn around and there is Mario. <laughs> so by the way... Like, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He was like, hi, it's so nice to meet you, whatever, whatever. Like, Aww. and I felt so awful. I did end up telling Alex, like, immediately after. I was like, like, I bullied him. Yeah. I was like, I want you to know that, like, I've been a complete B word to this dude. Like, oh my gosh. And Alex was like, why? I'm like, because my friends, like, said, like, that's it. So then I went to class the next day. I was like, y'all, we can't mess with Mario anymore. And they're like, why? I was like, this is Alex's best friend. And they were like, what? And thankfully, because, you know, she's high school, the girls were like, okay, whatever. whatever. And, like, we mo they moved to the next one, which I didn't even 
like realize like dang yeah one of the people that would have bullied me in school and well the thing is like he had said something rude to one of my friends at one point and that's what had started it It was over yeah that's how it's we weren't just picking on people because we're like oh they're weird like no he had said something to initiate like the he deserved it so yeah i (laughs) guess like in that mind i was lying but like in our mind like oh because he called her a b-word now we're all like yeah your kids so they're like oh he called you a b-word so now we're gonna show him what it's like for real that's gonna fall on him and um yeah no and so i told alex and he was like bro so i I asked mario and he was just like i mean my best friend's in love with some girl and i'm gonna tell him like oh she's a total be like nah and i mean he was at our wedding told the whole world we were pregnant like I, I love Mario. He's so cool. But, yeah, that's something that, like, masking, because I wanted to fit in, like, I would do anything. You know what I mean? I would put on the mask that was most appropriate for the people that I was hanging out with. And I still got bullied. <laughs> I never... They knew. Yeah. They, they, I never really fit in. Yeah. And the way that I knew that is that, like, when those classes were gone or if I wasn't in that room with them, like, they would have nothing to do with me. Like, if I saw them in the hallway, if I saw them wherever, even now, like, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, like, it's those same people that I'm like, that's so crazy that we spent, like, all these years hanging out. Yeah. And to me, I'm thinking, like, it's genuine friendships and they're like, we were in a class together. That's insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't realize, like, that was a socially normal, like, oh, just because you're in class with somebody, that's it. Like, it's a, only for this 45 minutes, 53 minutes, we're friends. Yeah. Yes, Sam. I, yeah, I never was good at masking. I never fit in. But I was, I I wanted to fit in for, there was a time in my life where I, I genuinely wanted to fit in, but I but I still couldn't figure out how to mask, so it was useless. I, I wasn't going to fit in. Um, yeah. But after a while, and after I realized that it just wasn't in the cards for me, I gave up. And so I was the person which, you know, this is like, you know, 2013, right? And I had, like, trans friends in Alabama. <laughs> so, like, if you want to talk about an outcast, <laughs> that's that's, like, how outcasted I was and people were like they're a freak like you don't see them wearing like girl clothes or wearing boy clothes or Mm -hmm. something like that and I would just be like yeah I because I dressed I was like I wear the same things and they're like do you want to be a boy and I'd be like nope just comfortable in these clothes yeah I don't understand what this how this matters at all yeah and that was actually a weird part in my part of my life because there was a time where I visually uh, presented as male. I didn't identify as a male or anything like that, and I'm not trans. But there was a few years where, I think two years, where I couldn't fit into the social norms so much. Clothing yeah. was so restrictive and uncomfortable for me, girls' clothing specifically, too bright, too colorful, too just too much that I, I mean, and hair was too much. I cut my hair off. It was about this short. Um, and then I only wore clothes from the boy section. And this was when I was prepubescent. So, you know, kids always, kids kind of all look the same, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, I did not, I'm just saying all this to say how much I did not fit in and, and I couldn't, I couldn't change it. Do you think if you did mask, if it would change anything because like I said I masked and I still got bullied like yeah I was I was bullied heavily and I didn't so I mean 
I, I, I feel like it would have been a waste of time for me. I think I, they know, they know, like, the imposter syndrome of, like, she's, we're gonna pick on her because she thinks she's being cool or she thinks she's fitting in, like, people broke my glasses off of my face. And then the next year I got contacts and I came to school with contacts. Um, so 11, and everybody had glasses. And everybody, that's <laughs> when the trend for the fake glasses started. And yeah. so then I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even have to try. Like, this is literally me. And I hate wearing contacts. Yeah. Oh, like, me too. I can't. I hate I can't. it. But I would do it for the fact that, like, I wanted to fit in and I didn't want to get picked on. So then I wore my glasses again. And guess what? They didn't believe that they were real glasses. And so I would literally, <laughs> like, tell people, like, no, 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 try them on. And I would, like, take them off of my face to prove to people, like, no, I legit need these. Yeah. And then they would be like, wow, you really are blind. And then they would pick on me for that. And it's like, what? And keep my glasses away yeah. from me or whatever. So it was just like, even masking, I was like, you're you damned if you, you do, you're damned if you don't kind yeah, of thing. you cannot win. Yeah, it's crazy. But it, I think it falls into, it, it falls into so much. Because it's not just, you know, a neurodivergent issue. It's an LGBT issue. It's a minority issue. It's a, you know how many people can relate to this who aren't autistic? Yeah. But they're trying to fit into whatever is considered, like, the standard in America. Yeah. I I think a lot of us, even if, you know, even if they're, they're not, you know, neurodivergent, at least to some extent, can understand this. And I, it's so hard. Yeah. If, if, I think if people realize that a lot of us have these, these similarities that we can relate to, you know, like, it would bridge a lot of gaps in society. Yeah. If I could have this conversation with somebody who was black, who was gay, who was trans, who was, you know, an immigrant, and be like, did you feel this way? And did you try to do this to get in with it? Like, everyone's yeah. going to, to some extent, say... Of course. Well, I think that's society as a whole. You're always trying to, like, fit in, find your tribe, do whatever. It's just, again, it's just the extreme version of it. Yeah. I'm very overstimulated. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We can end Um, the pod. No, it's okay. And so um, I think, like, it's just exactly, like, the extreme version of it. You know what I mean? No, I agree. And so for me, one thing that I do know, like, I don't mask in and it's motherhood like Mm -hmm. I don't mask in my mom life and I think the reason because of that is because I do not feel like I have a maternal instinct like that natural maternal instinct I don't I've we've got sky we are one and done I had a tubal ligation at 21 I have never regretted it (laughs) like you know and I said this is the kind of parent I want to be and then I studied it that's exactly what and I did. That is people exactly are like, oh my gosh, you're such a great mom. Like, what like, do you bro, do? I just, I'm I, just like, read, I learned about it. I said, this read is, the studies. Yeah. It works. Yeah. I'm like, this is the kind of outcome I want. And before, like, I didn't, um, I parented the way that I was parenting. And Alex was like, mm, I'm not down for this one. Like, we need to come up with a different parenting style. This is, like, not okay. You don't have any patience. We need to work out something because, like, we're not raising our daughter in this atmosphere. And I was like, okay. Which is crazy because my mom is, like, incredibly patient. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't even know how or why she is so patient, but she is. And I, like, sorely like that, you know? And so, um, because of that, we, like, researched gentle parenting and, like, affirmative parenting and all that stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. what we do with Skye. And I think it also helps, like, her be able to live without a mask yeah do you know what i'm saying oh yeah i think that might be another reason that he she was also 
able to be diagnosed so early because it wasn't something that wasn't ever forced on her. Yeah, we just let her be, and as her traits came out or whatever, then we, you know, like, moved forward with that. And honestly, I still didn't, I guess, like, I don't want to say, like, you see something wrong because there's nothing wrong with being autistic. But, like, in a neurotypical society, like, in normal, quote-unquote, like, society, like, there is something quote unquote like wrong with being autistic like you know what i mean like no i know it, 100%, and so it's 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 ignorant to say literally listen to this i literally was at sky's dance and they were like oh we should get together and do a play date and they're like i i said oh we can't like my daughter has therapy and they're like oh why is she in therapy and i don't think being autistic is something like you should be ashamed of yeah no and so i was like oh she's autistic and they were like, wow, she does so well. But I always tell people, like, I'm also autistic. Like, I'm not about to just sit here and talk about Sky and not, like, do you know what this woman, this grown woman with children said? She said, oh, my God, well, you're doing really great, too. <laughs> I was like. I mean, like, thank you. I was. I'm trying. <laughs> I was taken aback. And then she was like, especially because she had mentioned, like, she's an elementary. Um, she's, like, teaches elementary. And I was just like, um, and then slapped on like that. I'm just kidding. Like, oh, I was just joking. Thing. I think she realized like that. It, she was not joking. <laughs> like, yeah, I think she realized like that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah. That's a strange thing to say to somebody. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're doing great too. And I was just like, what is good? What is doing bad? Uh, I was like, um, thanks. Would you tell a like, random person like you are clearly you're not doing good. Like, what does that even mean? I, my thing is like, why did she feel like she had the right to even comment on me or Sky? Yeah. About like, wow, like you guys are doing so great at appearing normal because that's basically what I heard. <laughs> that's what you're, you know that's what, what I mean. Saying. And so, anyways, <laughs> like when it comes to to masking i do feel like in all versions of my life i mask except in my marriage and in motherhood yeah what about you um i think the only time i really do it is for work anything outside of work or uh, when i meet people the, the first time I, I i do a little bit not fully i always give people the disclaimer i don't tell people that i'm on the spectrum but i say like hey um, I can't really tell if you're upset about anything, so if there's something that bothers oh, they you, you need to let me know. No, they know. <laughs> Just from your little disclaimer, they know. Well, good, because that's the point of my disclaimer, and and I always will tell them, like, uh, or, you know, if I'm talking too much, I say that all the time, if I'm being overbearing in the conversation... I talk way too much. Please cut me off, please interrupt me. That's why this is a good podcast. Right, like, we'll just go back and forth, it's all good, I'm not gonna take offense at all. And if I interrupt you, please don't take offense, because it isn't malicious. Like, yeah. And so that's the disclaimer I give people, so that finally, when there is a day where they're like... <laughs> Are you on the spectrum? I'm like, yes. <laughs> finally. And they're like, uh, yeah, well could kind of tell by the disclaimer good but the disclaimer is like not as abrasive to neurotypicals as just yeah. being like i'm autistic and they're like whoa, whoa you are uh, well i feel like pushing they... the boundary of everything i've ever known of autism in one sentence that's i'm not trying to do that the see first time i'm not trying someone. to do that either but i feel like if i'm going to talk about sky i'm not just gonna say it and then not like mention or whatever or if people are like oh my gosh you walk on your tippy toes i'm like oh i guess it's just like an autistic trait yeah and they're like you're autistic? I've done that a few I'm times. Like, yes. And I always get the, you don't look like it. And I know, and, and, but then I really should up. just start saying like, and you don't look ignorant, but here we both are. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it is. It's no. ignorance. It, it really is. 
I, I, I don't take it offensive unless they just end it at that. But yeah. if, usually they'll say afterwards, like, I don't know if that's offensive or not. And I would be like, well, it actually is offensive, but I'm not I offended. I don't because people don't get flying F word when they're talking to me. Every time someone says it to me, they always immediately, because I don't respond. They'll say something like that and I'll just like. Oh, you mean like the dead stare? <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like, I'm so sorry if that's offensive. And I'm like, it actually is. Don't use it on somebody else. But I'm not offended and it's all good. <laughs> we can continue. And how can cool. you claim that something's offensive if you're not personally offended? Um, well, because other people, because if the majority of people are, and oh, like I'm what okay you know. with it, like you're don't aware use that it me as yeah. a, don't be like, when you meet another autistic person, say that kind of thing to them and be like, well, my other autistic friends, it's okay if I say that. Uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah. If they don't like it, you know, if yeah. that's not something that's, it's kind of like with the whole Asperger's uh, talk as yeah. well. If people don't want to be addressed as that, don't. Yeah. You I know? guess that's true. Even if you're not offended by it, that's cool. That's fine. And you do you. You reclaim yeah. your titles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, I, I, I feel you. But, all right. Well, I guess, you know, since we both have that in common as far as, like, not masking and, like, marriage and parenthood, that's, like, a really great conversation. <laughs> yeah. For the next episode. Yes. So. We definitely have to go over parenting, how it is being on the spectrum, and then parenting. And I can kind of give it from a quote-unquote for now neurotypical kid yeah and you can give oh, from an autistic true. kid i can tell you guys oh so that'd be fun so right? i'm autistic my daughter's autistic and i'm married to a neurotypical man and i'm autistic with adhd my husband has adhd and right now my son is just a big question mark because he is he's a, a baby yeah he's, <laughs> like, he's, he's only a literal one, baby so yeah. all right y'all well this is Tatiana and Kiara with wrapping up a good old episode one. two, baby. You're too hype. Anyways, thanks for listening <laughs> to Her Spectrum, Not, Not in, in Sync. sync. Bye. <laughs>